Hey guys, welcome to the third MSC podcast with myself, Luke and Mark. Obviously, this is a slightly different podcast um, under the circumstances that we're currently in. So this is a Skype call and Mark's never used Skype before. Um, so it's probably going to go wrong. So ahead of time, we apologise if you have technical mistakes. He's 33 <laughs> now, so you can't keep up. We just about got WhatsApp, so... Mate, I did, uh, I did the first ever video call with my mum last night and literally she's like this, bless her. <laughs> I'm hoping to do a little bit better today, but we'll, we'll yeah, see. Uh, mate, nice t-shirt. Nice, t- nice t-shirt there. Thanks, mate. It looks very similar to yours, actually. This is the uh, the Corona uniform. White tee from ASOS. Excellent. It's not, is it ASOS? It's ASOS. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I've got five t-shirts. I've got three from ASOS and two from All Saints. Uh, All Saints. The All Saints are the going out ones. You're doing well, mate. Business is good. <laughs> um, so this What's is a podcast. On? We don't want to drone into the corner uh, too much. So we're going to be looking at the bigger picture. Um, and we're going to be looking at what you should be doing when you get back into the gym, um, whenever these do open. So that's going to be the bigger picture. But first, we're just going to have a talk uh, about what we've been doing and uh, what's been going on. So first of all, the most important thing, Mark, what are you going to do with your hair? Mate, I'm going to grow it. I'm going to grow it. You know... Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt from Troy. Have you seen that? You seen that movie? Long blonde hair. I've known you for ten years, and you've always said that you want to do the uh, the fall. Yeah. 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 This is the opportunity. So um, yeah, I've not had the lid done yet. Um, I know obviously it's quite trendy at the moment for the the other halves to be uh, to be chopping the hair, but I'm gonna I'm gonna grow it, mate. I'm gonna grow it as long as this takes. I'm gonna grow it, and I'm just gonna experiment, and I'm just gonna see yeah. what happens. So, I thought, I think, seeing how Joel Wicks is doing so good, I thought I was going to go for the Joel Wicks long hair, mm-hmm. and then just, instead of pushing powerlifting and, and, and structured strength training, I was just going to go for, like, the Mickey Mouse Club, and if you can't beat him, join him, so I'm going to grow my hair like Joel Wicks and start doing side jumps. Mate, he's got some serious, he's, he's got some serious coin now, mate, I mean, he's got more coin than you, and that's saying something, he, do, he does all right, he does he's all right. He's got his nice house and I'm wearing an £8 t-shirt, so, you know, <laughs> close. Um, what have you been doing in terms of training? Obviously, we both haven't got access to a gym at the minute. We haven't got the luxury yeah. of a home gym. So what have you got access to and what have you been doing? Well, uh, MSC very kindly uh, decided to donate some kit to members and staff. Um, so um, managed to steal a, a 20 kilo kettlebell, um, like a portable uh, squat stand and uh, a bar and about kind of 80 to 100 kilos of uh, yeah 100 kilo of plates so um to be honest with you i think you know it's it's more than more than enough for, for me as to where i'm at so the rugby season's been obviously cut cut short um we did end up, did end up as champions though and got promotion at bourneville so a little shout out for the bourneville boys um but yeah like for me i'm at the end of the season now it's just time for a bit of a bit of a bit of a general prep phase really um so it's more than enough equipment for me uh to do to do what i need to do really so i'm just doing you know use it as a, a good opportunity for some joint restorations some you know some recuperation um doing a, you know a lot of isometric holds um just going through some basic squat mechanics stuff doing lots of mobility work and um find, finding it great like it's just really useful to be honest I think it's been a good excuse to get away from some heavy lifting for a while and just just work on some of those those weaknesses. You know, a lot of single leg isometric work, pause work, tempo stuff, and mate, like my joints feel feel great for it to be honest. 
Um, and I've enjoyed, you know, as as much as we love the gym, it's you know not minded the change of scenery for a few weeks. To be honest, time time will tell. Of course, I'm going to miss, yeah. you know, miss uh, miss loading, you know, loading that bar up. But uh, for now, it's going quite well. What about yourself? The good job is, is that when you only score 140 kilo, like 140 kilos, pretty decent. Um, pushing it, Christ. Um, for myself, so similar to you and everyone else as well, they're in a, a unique position where, like, we've got such a big off season now, if that's what you want to call it. Um, so I was meant to be competing at Worlds in June, and that's been rescheduled now till October, which, on a selfish note, has worked out perfectly for me. Uh, on two notes is one, um, Elise really wanted to get to see my chemical moment, so it meant I had to come back like super early and miss a couple of the things that I'd have liked to have been involved in. Uh, but also, like I've got a, a persistent injury. It's just a small injury, but it's not been going away. So it's worked out super well now that I've not got a competition until the end of August. Um, yeah. But similar to yourself, I've used this as a, a good opportunity not to do any specific work. In terms of equipment at my house, I've got a 22 kilo kettlebell and a 16. Uh, and I've just been hammering isometric holds, uh, bodyweight movements, tempo. And I feel, like you said, fantastic. Like. I, this is the best my adductors felt. I was, because of the comp in June, I was still trying to push back, still trying to do some kind of squatting. And every single time I would leave the session and it would just not feel 100%. And it was just not getting any better. And it's been two and a half weeks now and I feel pretty much 100%. Obviously, I haven't put a bar on my back, so I'm not sure. Um, but just a period of time of doing non-specific work has been fantastic for me. Um, I feel excellent. Like you said, I think during restoration should be the main focus for a lot of people. And they're just trying to maintain and preserve as much muscle mass as we can. Um, and I think so far, like, I feel excellent for it. So it could be long-term a blessing in disguise. Like you said, yeah. you're going have to have to wait until we uh, get back to training. But in terms of, like, overall health, I feel, I feel fantastic. Like, I'm able to do Copenhagen planks. I'm able to do, like, split squats with no pain. Um, so, yeah, feeling pretty good. Uh, feeling optimistic. And uh, kind of what this podcast about, I guess, is just looking at the, the bigger picture and, and kind of how this is not going to be a negative effect as long as we're doing something productive at home now. So in terms yeah. of like rugby players, is that the, the obviously not got anything coming up? Is that the way that we should be going? Yeah, it's really strange, isn't it? I mean, we don't know, you know, the, the season's officially been, been finished now. Um, so, you know, we, don't, we know the season's over. Uh, we don't know when the next season's going to start. Now, normally this would be uh, September. Uh, you know, so you'd go back to pre-season about sort of mid, you know, early to mid-June. Uh, you'd have a couple of months pre-season. Then in August, you'd have some pre-season games. Uh, and then you'd go into uh, your the start of the season at the beginning of September. Um, so I think everyone's still working around uh, the, th- the kind of theory that we're going to, you know, that that's going to, be as normal but obviously we we don't know i mean yeah. it's a it's a it's a bigger off season than we normally have uh the the season would normally be going on uh, still now uh, until the end of the month so it's to be honest mate it's a massive opportunity like for a bit you know rugby players continuously like complaining that the off season's too short yeah. mate, i've had yeah. I've, I've, I've had off seasons where you've we've literally had three weeks three weeks off and then you're back at pre-season and in that three weeks, you're looking to have a rest. You ideally you'd get some sort of general prep phase in, but you you, you know you literally straight back to it. Uh, whereas this season, it's just a huge off season, and it's just a amazing opportunity to um, you know just have a big general prep phase. You know, clear up all those knocks, all those niggles, 
I think it will do the players a lot of good, mate. You know, and that's at that's at all levels. Uh, chance to clear up those niggles, chance to work on the weaknesses. Um, you know, and it's it's you know it's almost America. You know, in American football, you have a yeah, they, yeah. They, tend, they tend to have a massive off season. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons why, amongst many other reasons, but one of the reasons why they're, they're such incredible. Uh, specialised athletes you know, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the top level and uh, I think rugby players have got you know an opportunity to do that now now the key is not to not to waste this time uh, is not to sit on your backside and just you know go into May go into June and then crikey the gyms are open again right let's get back on it let's panic let's do a quick pre-season this is a, this is an amazing opportunity to take a month or two or however long this is going to be even if it's three months just to get a good general prep, uh, prep phase in, let the niggles clear, do your mobility work. Um, as I say, you know, do your goblet squats, your, your single leg work, your isometrics. You can still maintain, you know, uh, some good work with your plyos and your pogo would you jumps. Be looking your, to do, uh, would you be looking to do some good aerobic work? Would you be looking to, obviously, are you allowed to go out once a, once a day to do some kind of daily exercise? Would you be recommending some light jogging or would you ease back off that like let's let's look at the average yeah. person have no equipment whatsoever uh let's say yeah. maybe like dumbbell like, like dumbbells uh, a band what do you recommend they should do yeah in terms of the conditioning stuff i think uh you know it's so so normally the season would finish and i'd probably have you know a couple of weeks off doing any conditioning really um but i think at the moment you know there's no excuse not to do some sort of conditioning. Now, nor- normally in the first part of off-season, I do off-feet off conditioning. So I'd jump on the bike, I'd do some rowing, I'd give the joints a rest for running. But the thing is, you know, nobody's nobody's played for a month or so already. So sure. you could probably it's argue... different circumstances. So, you, so you've, probably, you've probably had that kind of uh, rest already. So there'd be, there'd be absolutely nothing... If, if you've got access to a bike or rower, then yeah, I'd probably do another few weeks off-feet conditioning Um, but uh, if you haven't got access to those there's absolutely no reason you can't go out for some steady state uh, aerobic work um, with with your runs or or your walks or anything like that really Um, and as as long as you're supplementing that at home you know with your with your single leg work your proprioceptive work your your isometric holds and all those kind of things you know then uh, there should be should be no drama so I think it's really important to keep up an aerobic base now so that when preseason does come into effect you've got a base you've got a foundation and uh rugby clubs typically will go balls deep from the off when they go back yeah. you know uh, to preseason. so if you can build build a good base now then that's going to save you a world of world of pain uh, both aerobically and also in terms of injury injury prevention so yeah 100 uh, percent i'll be doing some aerobic work now yeah definitely I think this is just a recurring theme that's going to happen through this podcast. Um, it's just about setting yourself up for the next block because I think it's easy to lose motivation. Yeah. Um, a lot of people use like competitions and use use the seasons as motivation to get into the gym. We haven't got that at the moment, so a lot of people are starting to struggle in terms of like intrinsic motivation. Uh, but I think if you can just keep an eye on like the bigger picture and like yes, this phase alone isn't going to be what's going to set you up for success. But you can, like this phase, if you're not done well and if you don't do everything and apply it as you should do, you can lose a lot. So nothing's going to be won in this 100%. next month, but a lot of things can be lost. And like you said, just easing, easing in transitions to the next block is going to be key. Like from a powerlifting perspective, no one's got a competition now coming up. They've rescheduled everything within the next four months. 
So I did a, um, a blog recently on variability in trading that was highly linked to kind of the situation we're in now. Um, and I think it's like you said, we've never found ourselves as powerlifters in a position where we can stray that far away from the competition lifts. We might get like an off season per se, but you still might have to qualify. It might be still a, a low level competition or a not priority competition, but you still would have to do some sort of squatting and you would still have to do the deadlifting. So it's still taxing work. But we find ourselves in positions now where realistically we're not going to be competing for months like a minimum four or five months um so now is the perfect opportunity to like you said restore get yourself feeling 100 percent healthy um to work on your positional isometrics make sure we're stable in all the positions we should be stable work on your bracing which we never do um uh, there's so much good work that can be achieved now and i think individually uh, people have got different things they need to work on so the high level people aren't going to get much of a stimulus from do low level strength work, but we can use this time to get healthy, to get 100% restoration to the joints so that when we get back into your training, uh, we're 100%. So that should be the focus. But like you said, for other people, they're going to be unfit. So building up some aerobic fitness is a great chance to do so. And while that's not directly going to improve your ability to, to get stronger in the gym, it might improve your ability to, to accumulate good volume. You might get a Exactly. Um, so if you do that now, then you get back into the gym, all of a sudden you can handle more volume because you're not getting out of breath. That can only be a positive. If you're lacking yeah. ability to get into positions, doing some extra movement prep work, hitting those isometrics, doing some mobility, it's going to be massively beneficial. So nothing's going to be won. I'm in this unique position where we can set ourselves up now for the next four months of successful gym training. So nothing's really, lost, yeah. uh, nothing's won, but everything can be lost. So. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think it's a really good way to put it. It's interesting how uh, it's quite similar across the board from rugby players to powerlifters to general pop because we're in a similar situation now where all of a sudden it's, okay, for the competitive athlete, it's a, it's a massive off-season. Um, yeah. Even for your regular gym goer, it's a massive off-season from the, from the gym and it's a good chance to build those aerobic capacities and, and whatnot. You know, and even if you've got a good, as a rugby player, if you've got a good aerobic capacity, make it better. This is a good chance to make it better. And then when you go back to pre-season, your ability to handle volume, your work capacity is so much better. So the work, therefore, you can do in the gym is going to be a lot, you know, a lot more advantageous. This is the biggest off-season anyone is ever going to have. So this is the best opportunity to build the biggest base and then progressively build from there. So it's yeah. a tough motivation in wise without anything like on the horizon. But if we can use this opportunity now just to build some really good characteristics, uh, we're going to set ourselves up so well. We're going to talk a little bit more later on about like what we should be doing when we get back into the gym, because there's going to be a lot of mistakes people would be making. Uh, but first, I want to talk just a little bit about like how this uh, phase in everyone's lives has affected like MSC as a business, but also ourselves as a coach, just so people can understand kind of what's going on, I guess. So I think it's quite an interesting thing to talk from a, a business perspective. So obviously the gym's been closed now for two and a half weeks. Um, so how's that affected things, Mark? And uh, like what's in place from the government? Like how are we, how are we still alive? Yeah, I think uh, the first thing to do is uh, to say a massive thank you uh, to the MSC community and to everybody who's continued to, to support us both with uh, messages of support and phone calls and text messages um, and also to those of whom who have continued their membership despite the gym being closed um, you know which it which is it's just just massive um, I think when we uh, when we closed down that weekend I literally didn't get off my phone 
um, the amount of messages of support from from members uh, of the community and e- and even non-members, but people who have you know, uh, been, you know tra- who have jumped in on their way down when they're visiting somewhere, or they know about MSC through competitions and and things like that. Um, literally didn't get off my phone. Phone calls, messages, emails of support. You know, people saying they're gonna they're gonna continue the subscriptions. They're gonna back us. Um, it's been it's been amazing. So yeah, I think it's a nice opportunity just to say a massive thank you to uh, to everybody who's who's supported us uh, through this uh, through this tricky time. And it's a tricky time for everybody, of course. Um, so yeah, we've been. Um, I mean, as soon as the the lockdown came into effect, um, obviously we had to we had to make a really swift uh, swift change. Um, you can't stop. You can't give up. You've got to. You've got to think of a way in which you can uh, still offer value uh, to your members and to the community. So uh, the only option really was to to go online. Um, so uh, you know, I think we all all sort of got got together on a bit of a, a bit of a, a WhatsApp group call and sort of threw some ideas together. And uh, you know, we've we've managed to uh continue some sort of structure with a timetable so uh sonia and ben have been uh doing an amazing job uh doing metcons uh working from home uh so people are still able to follow some sort of routine so a lot of people are still working nine till five um so we're still offering the 7 a.m uh, metcon classes so people can just tune into our uh private facebook group uh, our members group uh, they can follow the the metcon session uh you know, Luke, you've obviously done the the, the barbell club programming yeah. as well, where people can uh, maintain uh, maintain a base of base of strength through this period as well. So I think people have I, I, I've probably been surprised myself how much value we can still we can still add. Yeah. Um, and you know, as I say, luckily we've managed to keep keep a very high percentage. We've lost people, of course we have, but um, we've managed to keep you know a good percentage of people going. So it was just a case of going online, getting as much content online as possible. So every day we're delivering classes, live classes, Q and A's, um, blogs, you know, little little vlogs, videos, things you can do at home, you know, things you can do body weight, things you can do with a kettlebell, things you can do with a towel, um, yeah. you know. So we just had to make that adaptation, but it was, um, you know, very fortunate that I've got a got a great team because I I pretty much said to yourself and and Sonia on, you know, the a couple of days after the the lockdown, I think it was on the Monday, guys, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to control this online, you're gonna have to manage everything online, on the Facebook group because I'm gonna be busy managing the cash flow, uh, making phone calls, putting in. Uh, putting in precautions in case we needed to delay payments or you know bills or anything like that obviously we're still trying we're still trying to pay our bills and try and pay staff um but just putting those those calls you know calls in place look you know looking into the government grants and government schemes and things like that was just take you know the the whole of that first week was just a was just a write-off for me so without without the support of um of the of the team you know we wouldn't have been able to make whilst i was doing all that stuff we wouldn't have been able to make the transition across to to being an online platform uh, for members so you know that's been you know that's been fantastic and um yeah so we're, we're just all online now and it's it's different it's tricky. With everything that we, we're trying to offer is just the uh the structure that it keeps people in so even if like they're not working nine to five well obviously they haven't got to leave for the commute like they normally would have to um, I think the key is just keeping people in good habits and good structure. So they're still yeah. trying to get in two or three Metcons uh, a week. 
obviously they're still varied. We're still working different energy systems, like different ratios of work. Um, it's not going to be the same as obviously the amount of equipment you would normally get at, at a normal Metcon, but it's still good, high quality work. And as long as you're doing it intentfully, uh, they get so much out of it. And just maintaining yeah. the good habits of actually turning up for a gym session at a set time is such a good habit to stay into. With the yeah. barbell club, obviously, we've set people up with uh, with three sessions a week. We've told them that they can increase the frequency if they're not doing the Metcons, uh, doubling up the sessions. But again, like the main focus is just trying to do everything with good intent and just offering like a progressive structure similar to what we'd normally do with a barbell club. Um, so the work is increasing in quality. We've amount of time we're working for. We're trying to see some kind of progressive quality through the four weeks. Um, and yeah, it seems to be uh, working really well. I think a massive thing that we've done, which a lot of gyms have done, is obviously loan out equipment um, to the members so they can still keep up some amount of work. Some people have, someone's had an assault bike, someone's had a wire, uh, but more commonly it's like a kettlebell, a dumbbell, some light plates. And you hope it comes back. Oh, we'll see. Hope it comes back. It's going to be a hell of a day when we need to get all that kit back. If, uh, if Big Boris finally gives us uh, like two days' notice, you've got to get fucking everyone's rowers back, everyone's uh, kettlebells. It's going to be a hell of a day. Uber are going to make a killing on people coming back with uh, 40 kilo dumbbells. Oh. Uh, but the amount of work that you can do with just like one dumbbell or one plate is huge. So like just adding a little bit of loads to like your positional isometrics, your, your floor pressing, your press-ups is huge. But even if you can't, like we've set the structure up there so that the, we can still improve week on week and like I said, if you're not going to be able to add load, we can improve like your endurance, your muscular yeah. endurance. We can improve like your tolerance to load in the future. So there's still so much more work that we can do. And we're just trying to keep people in the habits. I think yeah. from like a coaching perspective outside of, well, alongside MSC, I should say, like my um, my own coaching, the majority of it would be um, online anyway, or like programming with check-ins. Obviously, that's massively changed now. I reckon 40% I've got like a home gym setup or like access to something, but 60% just haven't got anything, or maybe like one dumbbell. So that has been challenging as a coach, um, but it's been a really good learning curve. And I think it's, I think long-term, like we said, it's gonna be massive in terms of what we can achieve, but um, it's been tough. The main thing is just keep, keeping people motivated and helping people understand that, that this phase of training isn't gonna be forever, that it isn't gonna be the most beneficial in terms of like, acutely right there and then this is not going to improve you more than another block of training they're a bit more specific we're trying to sure. help people understand the bigger picture and trying to help people get as much out of this phase as they can just so that we can ease their transitions back has been tough um as a coach um but it's been enjoyable and i think there's been a lot of uh, takeaways that i think we'll both apply in terms of moving forward so like adding more general training and people are feeling good already um obviously everyone wants to lift heavy but i think that a mistake probably made in the past is just like in the off-season phase, maybe not going as far away from the competition lifts. It's tough, like I said, if you've got a comp in three or four months, but there's definitely scope, I think, to go yeah. a little bit more non-specific with your training in terms of like the bigger picture of getting healthier and building good foundational strength. I think that that's one thing I've took away from this uh, these last couple of weeks is that people are feeling great from not doing so much of the competition lifts or doing none of the competition lifts. Obviously, time will tell how much um, of an effect not doing it will have. But I think, like I said, bigger picture, 16 weeks' time, a lot of people are going to be in great shape to, to PB the lifts. And it's going to come down to feeling 100% healthy and being in a position to tolerate more work over time. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how it pans out. But I think it's going to be massively, uh, massively beneficial for the majority of people that have done some good work during this time. So it's really as best as we can to try and keep some form of motivation 
uh, looking at that bigger picture. Yeah, so, yeah I think it's. Yeah, I think in terms of, uh, I think I did a uh, did a blog on this a while ago, but um, it's not just in in terms of uh, looking for those, you know, gradual progressions and you know progressive overload type work. It doesn't have to be just the amount of weight on the bar going up every week. You know, we can make we can make progressions and like we have done with the barbell club programming. Um, you know, in terms of your your time at attention, uh, your pause work, your positional work um you know there's there's lots of different ways in which we can continue to progress without necessarily having to add weight to the bar one thing that was super scary for me was that like you've got these powerlifters that are like good strength um like can bench press like close to their body weight and then some of the press-ups that were online mm. so so bad yeah. and it's like you almost think like look, looking back like before you, you take someone on as a powerlifter and you just presume i guess that they can do a press up well, but then you look at it and you just there's yeah. so much that, that is wrong. And there's even there just improving on your ability to do press ups is huge. Uh, like your awareness of your position in space, um, your elbows relative to your torso. Like there's so much that can be improved on that can only have a positive effect. So just taking that step back to then move forward uh, can be huge. So yeah, yeah, massive, yeah, massively. That's it. Yeah. So um, let's say imagine you've got that. You know, imagine you've got a 20 kilo kettlebell and you're working on that goblet squat. You know, you can do so much good positional work, mobility work with that, you know, um, week on week, you can either increase increase the amount of volume, uh, you can decrease the tempo so there's more time at attention, you can add, add in pause work, um, you know, and there's a, there's a lot of different different ways in which we can still, I think that's, that's important, yeah, like, I completely agree with, uh, with what you're saying, you know, it's not going to be your best training block ever and whatever it's, it's just setting a, setting a base for for when we go back um but there are still some you know certain improvements that we can we can make for sure yeah absolutely um, so if we move now away from kind of this current training and looking at um getting back into the gym before we get into what we think you should be doing what are the mistakes that we think people are going to make mate people are going to go people are going to get too excited you know people are going to um people are going to shoot the load a little bit too quickly they're going to get back in they're going to add weight to the bar they're going to try and max out there's going to be all sorts going on um and i think uh yeah i think i think it's going to be important to contain that excitement and use the blocks that we've we're building now to just look at you know that next block when we do get back in the gym just a steady progression not a mad progression yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that made me laugh was that obviously when everyone found out the gym was closed, like it was like a worldwide max out. I was like, oh shit, I'm not going to be able to train now for, for six or eight <laughs> weeks. Let me max yeah. out. Yeah. I was listening to um, I was listening to uh, in Plexium pod, um, podcast. It was pretty good, um, and they were saying that like everyone's maxed out before. They're going to do all this work at home, and then they come back and they're going to max out again. Yeah. Just to get yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, how that's gone. And obviously that's definitely not the uh, not the way to go around it. I, don't, I can understand everyone wanting to max out, not having access for eight weeks. But yeah, in terms of like progressing back into the gym, I think the biggest mistake people are going to make, like you said, is just being too keen um, and just increasing volume and intensity way too fast. And I think, A, that means two things. I think your high risk of injury, um, but also like the muscle soreness that you're going to get from just doing any oh. training at the minute is going to be ridiculous. If anyone's ever had a week off, even like a deload, and then you, you're back into the gym, it's, it's, yeah. it's so unbearable. Um, yeah. So I think that we need to talk about like introduction blocks. So 
there's a couple of researches that I want to talk about and then also kind of like the difference between an introduction block and a deload block. So people always like an introduction block is the sister of a deload, but they're not the same thing. I think the way to look at it is like a deload recovers you from the previous block. So you've yeah. done let's say, your high volume work, you take a deload to, to reduce your fatigue, to increase your readiness for the next block. So you're recovering from the, the last block. If you transition from a higher volume block into a higher intensity, you might do a deload week and then you go into your higher intensity, uh, higher intensity introduction week. So yes. your deload might be, for example, you'd be doing sets of eight, uh, let's say you built up sets of eight to 80%. Your deload week might be three sets of five at 80%. So you're reducing the volume down, you're maintaining intensity, you're reducing relative intensity. So your intraset RPE and the session difficulty is going to be a lot lower. But that said, then going into the next block, the higher intensities, if you want to be working at 85%, it's a big jump up again at 5%. So that introduction week is about setting yourself up for success in that next block. It's not about yeah. recovering, it's about setting yourself up for success in the future. So I think what we need to be doing when we're getting back into the gym is having a good introduction block. I think a good rule of thumb is that however much time you've had off the gym, if you take that and half it, that should be how long your introduction block should be. Um, I'm not sure what that's based off. That's just like anecdotally and what I've heard some high level coaches saying. So let's say we're off the gym for six weeks. We should probably be having a three week introduction block. If you have four weeks, it should be two. So if you're going on a two week holiday, a one week introduction block, you should be good to go. Um, I think the, go sorry, mate, can I just jump in there? Um, yeah, I think I think the important thing to remember with that as well is, you know, in terms of obviously, you know, we want continual adaptation. We want to, you know, want to improve. Um, the thing is, after having this block where we've been working body weight or we've been working with, you know, very minimal equipment, you don't need to load. You're not going to need to load the bar, you know, too too heavy. The intensity is not going to have to be high to create stress, to create stimulus, and therefore and therefore create an adaptation. So, you know, there's the injury there's the injury aspect and the injury prevention aspect of going from zero to turbo, you know, straight yes. away. But there's also it's just completely unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. If you've not touched a barbell for six weeks, you do not need to do eighty percent to get a stimulus. Yes. You could do sixty percent and you will get a stimulus, yeah. and then you can progressively build from there, taking into account what we know from the literature to be um, successful. There's a couple of different um, articles that I want to talk about. There's one in 2019. We can add the link in the uh, in the description. Um, if you're using like it's it's so light that no one's ever going to do it, but it's just inter interesting. You're using ten percent of your max as an introduction week and the effect on muscle soreness and like your output then in four sessions time uh, compared to just going straight in heavy and the amount of muscle soreness and how long it would take to get back to your your normal level uh, the effect that that would have on it and it was it was such a massive effect from just doing a, a session at 10 percent that obviously no one's going to do that but like just having an introduction at an introduction week is going to have a huge effect on your ability to be able to do these sessions. So if you go straight in and, and let's say you don't get injured doing 80%, but the muscle science that you're going to create from, from doing such high intensity work after not doing anything, it's going to be so unbearable the next like four or five days. Your ability yeah. to do any other work is going to be so low. Even yeah. like if you squat your upper body, your overall system is going to be so taxed. You're just not going to yeah. be able to do any high quality work. So if you use this time as an introduction week, like, low intensity, low moderate volume, and just progressively build from there. I think that is uh, is definitely going to be uh, the way to go. So what are we looking for with the uh, introduction week? What what, what would you uh, characterise it as? Uh, what, what do you mean exactly? 
so like from my perspective, it's obviously, like I said, low volume, um, low intensity, low to moderate intensity, and then just progressively building up from there. Is there anything else that you kind of want to look at? Let's say from this example, so we've been doing all the stuff from home, like yeah. exercise selection. Would you carry on doing some like positional isometric work? Would you switch everything else and come and, and, and go back to your, your normal gym training? Like what direction would you take the block? Yeah, I think it. I think it's again. It's just got to be a real steady, steady, steady process. Um, in terms of your intro work, yeah, help, I agree. However long you've we've we've had away, probably looking at fifty percent of that. And in the, in that intro block, uh, just depend, depending on what your what your sport is, um, or, or what you're looking to achieve, would probably determine the you know specificity of the exercises. Um, from my point of view as a rugby player, yeah, at the moment it's a lot of tempo work, it's a lot of pause work, a lot of isometric work. Um, so from that, I'd probably you know be be looking at. Uh, just gradually building a little bit more uh, specificity, looking to gradually increase uh, volume uh, and work capacity just a little bit more. Uh, so, for example, going you know going back in if I'm you know if I'm working on uh, a split squat, for example, uh, from home I'd be doing you know a lot of isometric work, a lot of pause work. So it'd be just that that very gradual increase in intensity, uh, getting a safety bar on the back, getting a bar on the back, which straight away is going to change the stimulus. Uh, and therefore, you know, even minimal loads are going to produce a bit of a bit of a stimulus. Um, so I think, you know, so just would you be looking to keep these kind of home exercises in. So like your position isometrics, would you be keeping those in, but just slowly adding and integrating yes. more specific work? So it's just a gradual yes. process. Yes. Over four weeks. Grad, yeah. Grad, yeah, gradual, gradual process. So keeping those in and just probably fading them out gradually in terms of, you know, just slowly uh, reducing the amount of isometric pause work, gradually increasing uh the work on more traditional exercises i guess you know in terms of just gradually building up volume gradually building up intensity and i think that's your you know that's your that's your intro block um but yeah i think it's 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 got to be a it's got to be an overlap and it's got to be a gradual uh gradual absolutely it's it's not black and white like you said it doesn't have to be white we've done all this by the way stuff now we're going back in the gym i'm I'm squatting three times a week again it has to be um a slow integration of the barbell work otherwise it's just going to be too demanding I also have been taking into account like moving forward, like your acute work to rest uh, chronic ratio. So like how much yes. work you've done with a barbell in the last month compared to what you're going to be doing that week. You've done nothing with a barbell. So all of a sudden we need to just really, really gradually build that up. And I think that once we've introduced um, barbell training again and, um, and, and gym work, we need to be looking at no more than a 20% jump week on week. The strength is going 100%. to be there. I'd probably say 10% week on week. That was what the data would say. Um, so if we start at let's say 50%, the next week we're looking for a 10% increase in load, and that way I think the muscle soreness is going to be kept at bay as much as we can. You're still going to be sore, but nowhere near as much as if we just went straight in. Um, and like we said, your risk of injury is going to be so much less. So I think just taking that into account, this introduction box, slowly phasing in the more specific work and taking into account those 10% jumps is what's going to be key for people maximising this time and. And again, keeping motivated because if people if people go in at super high intensities, like when they yeah. get sore, it's just so off-putting, especially if you're not used to it. Like it's very very uncomfortable at the best of times. Um, but also, like if you try and lift these heavy weights and they move like shit, it's not good, man. Like mentally, it's really not good. Yeah. Um, so using a time to move 60%, starting to practice the skill. The one thing that's gonna be worse after a block like this like if you've done your positional isometrics like we've, we've spoke about your your tolerance to work is going to be good you're not going to have lost much muscle mass 
But what you will probably lose is the skill of doing the lifts or doing yeah. like sprint, whatever your, your sport requires. The skill of it is going to be down and it's going to get, take time to build up. So while our strength may be roughly the same, our ability to do a squat is going to be super down. Um, so using this introduction block just to build up the skill of actually lifting a barbell well or the skill of sprinting um, can only be another positive. So. Yeah, exactly. So, if, yeah, if you're taking, for my example, if I'm doing a lot of goblet squat work at home and then I want to go back into front squatting, for example, then, yeah. you know, obviously we're adding the barbell, the stimulus is going to be different. It'd be a case of, you know, um, you know, uh, just to, again, as an example, a couple of sets of 10 with the, with the goblet squat with a kettlebell and then one set of eight or 10, you know, a very low load with the barbell, you know, and then next week I'll be looking at, maybe you know two sets with the kettlebell and two sets with a barbell and then gradually phase out the kettlebell work and gradually implement the barbell work because as i say you know going from even just doing one set one set of six one set of eight one set of ten with a with a barbell you know with an empty bar even or with a fives or tens or whatever it is very low you know very low intensity um you know it is is going to create a stimulus so there's just no need to yeah and like you say the movement pattern is probably going to, you know, the skill aspect is going to have to be taken into consideration as well. Things are going to move slightly differently. So, you know, we need to be a little bit careful. Can you imagine a, a weightlifter trying to do uh, an 85% clean and jerk after uh, eight weeks of not doing any uh, barbell, just doing split squat? It's, it's just not going to be good. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. So to wrap it up, we're saying introduction block, low intensity, low to moderate volume um, and not going uber specific with the exercise selection so we're looking for a slow integration of the gym stuff so it doesn't have to be black and white from your home to your gym we're looking for a slow integration we start with that introduction block of 50 percent in terms of time of whatever we've been away from the gym um yeah we're looking to build up the tolerance by about 10 percent a week and yeah, a very, very gradual process in terms of the introduction block is, again, it's the next phase after this homework in terms of setting yourself up for, for long-term success. Is there anything you want to add to that? Or? No, I think that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's 100% that, isn't it? It's just phasing out what we've been doing gradually and implementing the new skills and the barbell work and everything like that gradually as well. So there's just that overlap, um, you know, very, very slow progressive overload essentially not trying to be overly specific um and uh you know just that, that very gradual you know just being patient just being patient that's the key patience is key awesome so what's next for msc we've we got anything else coming up we've just started the uh corona games yeah so uh, yeah with uh, with msc obviously everything's online at the moment uh so we started the uh, the corona games which uh, sonia's running for us uh which is just a, a a bit of a uh competition for our members to get to get stuck in so again just trying to keep motivation high really i think that's the that's you know as much of a, a we spoke about this being a big opportunity to uh you know to get some key work in to to work on on some basics and, fa- and set a foundation it you know it is it can be easy to lose that little bit of motivation and i think something like this is a great great plan um so basically it's going to be a series of of, of challenges week on week uh we're going to record the scores um and members got, got an opportunity to uh to test themselves and to compete as well uh which i think uh, which i think is healthy so uh, that's going to be you know a big thing going on we're continuing 
in our classes, uh, monitoring the barbell clubs, continuing with the mat cons, uh, loads of Q and A's, things like that. And um, yeah, we're just you know we're just uh, sitting, you know, well we're not sitting tight, we're we're moving forward, but we're kind of excited to, you know, for that day when uh, we're going to be up and running again because it's gonna it's it's gonna kick off and everyone's gonna be excited. We're obviously going to be trying to manage people's uh, workloads in the gym, but uh, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some excitement. I think, uh, you know, it'd be, be rude not to have a big social. Week one of Barber Club is going to be 40 percent and everyone's going to secretly be trying to sneak in some uh, extra work just <laughs> to test the waters. Yeah. Um, like you said, um, this was our fifth year uh, anniversary as well, coming up on the 1st of June, which will probably tie in roughly to the same time as when the gym opens. So. That is going to be uh, a great Hopefully. social. That's going to be, yeah, well, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a great thing. So that's something that we're, we're working towards as well. So it's going to be a five-year anniversary of MSC and also the reopening party. So that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a massive. Uh, that'll just, that'll just be, that'll just be mega if it works out roughly around the same time. I think it will. Just so. have a fifth birthday, big relaunch. Um, yeah, it's going to be a big, big party. And uh, it's going to be massive good, as long as social. all the members bring their, uh, as long as all the members bring the kit back. It's going yeah. to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a hell of a hell of a gym. Absolutely, it's uh, <laughs> parkour. We'll turn it into a parkour gym. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was before, wasn't it? it was the um, I believe so. Park? Yeah, I believe so. Um, it's fascinating to watch the parkour stuff, but it's probably not probably, probably not only, something I'll get into. The only parkour I've ever saw is off um, the office, the American office. The only balls on the uh, sofa. Parkour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the uh, the extent of it. Awesome. So I think that pretty much wraps up uh, what we're going to do. I think we'll be doing another podcast uh, next week, looking specifically at rugby and the kind of rugby offseason that we with Max. So we'll have a, a perspective of a SNC coach alongside Mark, but also a sports therapist. So that'll be uh, that'll be cool. So I'll check out for that. Um, as always, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we're looking to launch this on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and all the other platforms in the next couple of months. So keep an eye for that. But in the meantime, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we'll keep trying to provide um, valuable information, trying to make you get as much out of these kind of out of your training as we can, especially in these times. So, yeah, if you've got any questions, you can link them below. And if not, we will see you soon. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Cheers.